Welcome to Go Home Heat, a wrestling podcast. And we're going to talk AEW fairly specifically today. News outside of AEW, sadly, ROH seems to have, at the very least, going to reboot everything and re-sign everyone after the year is over. But they're going to finish out the year and stop for a little while and then, in theory, come back. We don't know if that ever actually happens. Uh, Are they just going to be like an indie now? Like, what's... I don't know. Like, I, I I don't know. There, There's just so much that's up in the air that it's crazy. I don't know. I never thought Ring of Honor would do this. I thought they were doing okay. Well. They were paying everybody throughout the pandemic, which was a noble thing to do. There was a cost. they were bringing in no crowd money. Yeah. At all. And it's which, not like they were doing gangbusters even pre. You right. Know what I mean, they were doing pretty right. well, but, you know, not great. Right. There's a difference between giving me something I enjoy and making money off of it. Very much so. Right. Okay. That I think so, too. The other thing was Impact wound up having a new champion. Well, multiple. The the formerly known as Iconics are now Billy Kay and... Cassie Lee. Cassie Lee wound up winning their women's tag team titles. Knockout tag team titles. You, you also wound up having Moose, Alexander, the wrestling... Machine that he is, the walking weapon, beats Christian in a match, and then Moose cashes in in front of Alexander's family and takes away his happiness and joy. And then Moose gives this kind of a neat promo where he calls out the elite, the tribal chief, and everybody else in, in, a, in a promo there. All that's going to be good. I, I kind of am excited that Impact has ended their relationship with AEW. I don't think I, they got much from it. Is, is part of the issue. No, but let's get back to doing what you do. Yes. Yeah, I think, yeah, I agree. You know, now let's get to the, the meat of the wrestling week for us this week was... AEW. AEW with Dynamite. And we have, um, to me, you have these multiple things going on. You have Hangman, which is going to wind up being emphasized with the people he's been dealing with, the elite, or, or BTE, being the elite. Mm-hmm. And his crew, Dark Order, have got an eight-man tag match. How will this play out, we wonder? It's Halloween. We wind up always do some, both. Some wacky shenanigans. Both shows did odes to the holiday, which were nice, right? Well, we'll get to that. We'll get to that. Shout out to the Chen Li in the audience, by the way. Correct. She's popping off. Yes, yes. We do have, we start out the show with Punk and Fish. You liked it. Uh, Probably my second favorite match of the past couple weeks. Mm-hmm. I thought it was very, very well done. Punk winds up winning. I thought the the little intricacies of two vets like this doing things, like when Punk's had his knee worked and worked and worked and worked by Fish, and so when he gets on the top rope, and before he pushes off, he takes one leg off the rope just to jump that way because he couldn't push off with it. Little things that make wrestling great. And, and this was a good storyline. It worked. And Punk goes over, which makes sense. Fish can move into doing what he does best, which is... Just putting out bangers. Be really great yeah. enhancement Just talent. Just phenomenal. And people act like enhancement talent is a, not a bad thing. Is a bad thing, no. but it's literally steady job. And it's the basis <laughs> of why you like wrestling. Oh yeah. When you can go out there and you can just have a banger of a match that's smart. That's it makes you look better by being in a ring with Bobby Fish. And it also uh, elevates people to that upper echelon. Yes. Well, if you can beat Bobby Fish, right. then you are Able to challenge for the mid-card championship. And if you can challenge for the mid-card championship, 
you're two or three victories away from being able to wrestle the big names. Yes. So if you don't have the Bobby Fishes, legitimate good wrestlers that can go eight to ten minutes with just about anybody and make them look good, you can't have legitimate title matches because you can't build it up to that. You know what I'm saying? I, I love Bobby Fish. As a wrestler, I love Bobby Fish. Oh, for sure. Okay, so we're going to move on to the next thing, which was MJ, no, Sammy Guevara and Ethan Page. That was a great match. Yeah, you think? Yeah, that was another <laughs> banger, man. I just, I was just. There've been so many good matches. I almost like. Yeah, you forget about that one. It was, it was really bangers. good. Page told a good story in there. Guevara gets the win, and you have all the shenanigans with everybody else involved. I will say, I remember ahead. I didn't, I didn't love the lead up to it. When when they were they were I don't know Dan Lambert again does nothing for me but the whole thing where he said that like if you lose you have to leave the inner circle forever well I was like well there's no way he's losing correct it, it was one of those things where the stakes were so absurd that it was just like well of course he's not going to lose which is exactly why I was rooting for Ethan Page exactly I they want get Sammy, Sammy out of the inner circle yes, so bad so bad leave and take pride and powerful with you my man no man i really wanted sammy i thought for a moment he was going to do it but when dan lambert lays leads like absurd stipulations sammy go like no why would i do that <laughs> are you are you insane why would i agree to those terms that's ridiculous what do i get out of it? right know? exactly right but she, he does get something out of this he gets to pick uh pick the members of american top team so we're gonna we're gonna see who they consider to be the low tier of those guys. Now, like, who are they even gonna pick? That's gonna be like low tier. They're all supposed to be killers. I don't know. I don't like, know. This whole thing is a. It's not gonna match. be Masvidal. New, no. because that dude's got other stuff to do, right? Right, and plus, he, what if he flips out? <laughs> Chris Jericho is gonna die in that <laughs> ring. <laughs> right. I, I want to talk a little bit because you you emphasized one of the promos we saw on this episode with Moxley. You really liked it. I really liked it. it? Mm-hmm. Uh, he it's the one where he's talking about his like his, his baby girl grabbing his his like messed up pinky. He kind of wiggles it a little bit to show it's like busted. Mm-hmm. I was like, good lord, <laughs> like every part of that dude's body is probably altered in some way by an injury. But he's talking about it and he's like, listen, I don't even care about winning. I'm just gonna get home safe. And if that means I have to beat the living snot out of you to do it, then so be it. I like that. I kind of like that justification. He, him even taking like shortcuts and stuff makes sense because he's just trying to finish the match safely. Right. He's not looking to have a barroom brawl where he gets he gets messed up. And he he because he cares now. He didn't care before, but now he has a reason to care, which actually kind of makes sense for like a, a heel turn in some ways. Right. Where it's like, if, if he's just focused on ending the match quickly and safely, you can really start to take some shortcuts with that is all I'm saying. He already went out there and he, he's bodying dudes before the bell. He's ripping masks off, biting faces. I mean, he's... And with what we saw with Kingston, as we'll get to later, you can feel how the keepers of the... The keepers of the pureness of what AEW was as we get these foreign influences come in, not foreign as in from other places, but yes. foreign as in the punks Newton, and, the, yes. and the WWE people or Ring of Honor people that come in, the people who weren't on board originally. Because who held it down during the pandemic? Mox, Mox and Eddie. And Eddie. And so as, as those guys start to pivot towards... Like you said, and I've heard Cody say he doesn't believe in heels and faces anymore, which which is is funny. We'll get to you, Cody. (laughs) But the point is, Moxley can pivot a little bit 
to so that it makes sense that he goes against the Daniel Bryans as he's the keeper of the and and like you said, we've heightened his reasoning for doing things quickly and getting away with them. Now on top of that, he has a match with Ten where he just bludgeons Ten and gets out of there. Yeah, <laughs> and then he'll wind up matching up with Cassidy in the next round of this tournament, and that should be really interestingly two completely different guys. That's got a lot. That's gonna have a lot going on in it. The MJF stuff. Did you like that? Uh the stuff with like Wardlow and Darby and Stang and all that. It was fine. Yeah, it's a little under MJF in some ways. Yeah, I, I like that he kind of went away from some of the low-lying flute. Yeah, I, yeah. I love the direction of the program. I love that Darby's back involved as Darby being the invisible man in the audience was so good. That trench coat, my God. I thought that was hilarious. Right, but you know, you don't think about, uh, dude, that costume was so spot on. And then when MJF gets to right there as he's retreating and winds up right there and you see the invisible man behind him and you get to go, oh. Yes, because yes. they kind of kept that off screen or you didn't think about it twice. Invisible Man is such a weird costume. Yeah, not many people are like, dang, you want to want, I want to go as the Invisible Man. It's just not. But how spot on is it? It's perfect. And it's also like, there's a bit of a, a creepiness to that. Oh, yeah. Anyway. There's a, yeah, absolutely. And so it works. It fits Darby. So good. And then he winds up, you know, kicking a little butt right there real quick. And MJ Sean Spears and, and Wardlow get tossed in the way. JR and Tony are like, your boys are getting down there, getting beat up. You gotta go help them. Dude, Tony. Tony hates that, dude. (laughs) It's so funny. I I love the commentary. I know I've said it in recent uh, times, but the commentary on AEW is so good. Dynamite. Dynamite. I really like Ricky Starks on Rampage. I'll say that. Rampage and Taz is hit and miss because, and that's on purpose because they are, Jericho being involved is literally just throwing everything he can at the wall. Some of it sticks. Some of it is hilarious and other is, is just so eye rollingly dumb. Okay. Now, now (laughs) you said one of your favorite matches of recent weeks was Punk and Fish. I want to say that one of my favorite matches in AEW in recent weeks was Deeb and Sheeta. Deeb Sheeta was way better than I thought it was going to be. And I already thought it was going to be pretty good. Sheeta got a revenge. They wrestled each other a couple times, so this one was just a little bit better. Every Everything was a little bit smoother. Little and and I, I finally I was like, dang, Sheeta does have some... That's who Sheeta... That's who, that's who Kenny Omega thinks of when he thinks of Sheeta. Yes. And that's where the disconnect was for us, because for whatever reason, some of the matches didn't go this well. I mean, when you're in there with, with Deeb... Deeb's better than most. Modern day Bret Hart. She is probably the best tech, technical wrestler out there. Yeah, you know, easy, yeah. You know, she's I mean, so good. Like, I mean, it, just, yeah. just even not even the moves, but like in terms of the whole match making sense, it makes like it's perfect. Right. That ending sequence, by the way, was so great. Mm-hmm. Uh, with the the roll, that roll up was so fast. Mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. was like, damn. And it's the kind of thing where it all these things require both to be on point for it to be slick. And when Sheeta gets so. the W here and gets to move on to the next round of this tournament, it, it, Deeb, the revenge has been gotten over Deeb stopping her from getting her 50th match. And Deeb winds up getting a little heat when it's over. It's perfect. Absolutely perfect. And I loved it because sometimes I have wanted this from my AEW product. Yes. And, and now we're starting to get it. Now let's get into something that I really didn't love. Cody Rhodes. Let's let's talk about the Cody versus Romana. Let's actually br- briefly talk Andrade. Wonderful match. Those two dudes are not human. I refuse to believe it. Dude, um, amazing. Wasn't my favorite match. I know if people were, were a little over the moon about it. I think it was really athletic and good. I just didn't quite... I just like the style of like fish, punk, and uh, 
uh, Eddie mm-hmm. Eddie Danielson a lot better. Right. Um, so amazing. The, and then at some point, Cody it devolved into the Cody verse, and I'm kind of uh, how, how did Cody. that how did that happen? Cody comes out. He he reminds us as he says, everybody's willing to acknowledge the oh man who writes God. the checks. However, you have forgotten. Don't forget about the man who built the bank. Cody, uh, he references Triple H without referencing Triple H as during his match. Well, with, I mean, I even said immediately before it, I thought he was going to go for the pedigree. We all did. We all did. But that was, was like, that was purposely for him to say, I could have done this easily and take the easy way out and Ben Hunter and abuse my power, which I would never, ever do. Never. After he'd walked through 5,000 pounds of pyro. To go give a promo, a promo that it in just, his sweatsuit. Come on, that Cody. just sucked, and everyone hated. <laughs> He's out there, everyone's mm. booing him. Mm. Okay, like, I don't know. So I forget who comes out there. Andrade comes out there and he says some like heinous stuff, and he gets cheered. Right, because he's <laughs> like, saying it to Cody. Right, he's saying it to because everyone hates him, and it's right. just like there's. I don't. Cody I, reminds us, and here's the thing too: if a human sacrifices for another human. And at some point, they decide to remind that human of how much they've sacrificed for them. It becomes disingenuous. And when Cody says, I could have abused my power and broke our bond that I gave you when I promised you I'd never wrestle for the world title. He's letting you know how I sacrificed so much because I had the right to be the champion the whole time. This is all mine. And and it doesn't, but that's how it feels to the listener, even though what you're trying to get across is the opposite. And he tries to create kind of a scene that you can cheer me, you can boo me. It's like everyone's booing he, you, dude. He wants the let's go Cena, Cena sucks, but that's not what he's going to get no, because he, it, it doesn't work Cody, like Cody that. Cody sucks. I think the problem is if you're a pro wrestling fan, you remember Cody the American Nightmare with the bear behind him and his wife helping him cheat and the bear helping him cheat. And it's hard for you to listen to a man say, I will never turn on you fans when we've seen your best work be heel work. He's so obnoxious. How? Well, you part, know part of me wants to believe that this is some like really, really meta story, but it's just, it's gone on for so long with no payoff where it's just like, I think Cody's just like this. It doesn't have to be a, like, he can claim it was a story later on when eventually he just gives in and goes heel, right? Yeah. But it doesn't, but here's the thing, and this is what bothers me about it, is now we've decided to take Pac, Andrade, and their feud, and Malachi, and put them into some form, because they all wind up coming out. Andrade comes out, lights go out, Malachi shows up, Pac comes out for the save. The fans love Pac. Fans love Pac. And dude, he does he does the the flip, and then he does like this this horrific gremlin face with like his double middle fingers, double up. birds up, incredible. Yeah. And the thing is, though, now we've involved three of everybody's favorite wrestlers in the Cody verse in order to try to it just figure like out a way Cody. to get Cody over. And it's like, and Cody is over. He is over. You know he, what I he mean? He gets great reactions. He doesn't have It'll to do this. Cheer or boo, he gets reactions. People I have mean, an opinion about him, which in, in wrestling is extremely important. And and let's let's just say this, too. He's not wrong. This whole thing is because Cody bet on Cody. Cody right? replied to a tweet on right. Twitter one day, and AEW sprang from that. Right. And then he, along with the Bucks... Along with New Japan, along with the Ring of Honor. Oh, wait. That killed the Ring of Honor that night, didn't it? Yeah, strange. <laughs> he admitted it. The president guy for ROH wound up saying something to the effect of, 
You know, and and Bully Ray, Billy, Billy Ray said he had an exit meeting or something with them, and, and they said, "What what do we need to do to to be better?" And Bully Ray said, "Well, you've got to sign Cody and the Bucks long term deals." And they didn't want to do it. Oh well, that became, and he said, he said probably the mistake I made was, you know, I'm happy for all those guys, but yeah, I probably screwed it up because I could have probably doubled down and been AEW right now, but. He couldn't have because he would have had to allow for what Tony's done, which is just a huge investment. Yes. Because Tony, when a, when a million-dollar talent comes available, Tony goes and gets it. Yeah, Tony signs Brian Daniels and Tony signs. He didn't stay with the Sinclair smaller, uh, I'm going to show my show at 1030 at night on your local television show. He got TNT involved, which is going to be TNT. You know, so it, he dreamed big. And Tony Khan has the ability to dream big. Yes, absolutely. You know what I mean? Because no matter what, he's a bajillionaire. He can say, "I'm going to take on the onus of of, of some of this profit, as uh, some of the costs as well," and that lightens the load on a company worry. Moving on, eight man tag match, Halloween match. We have Bambi, a horse, at least three cowboys. Yeah, Kratos. Kratos. Then we had the Ghostbusters. Yes. And there, one-on-one. Oh, you missed Brandon Cutler uh, as the costume for Colt Cabana. The horse. Oh, Brandon Cutler and the horse. Okay, yes. Okay, so (laughs) in reality, we have Grayson, Grayson, Uno, Colt Cabana, and John Silver. Correct. Versus Cole Omega Bucks. Bucks. Very good little matchup. Fun. Crazy, funny. They do all the stuff. It was great. They they wrap it up with the Bucks having this thing dead to rights. They wind up with the horse in the middle of the ring. They think the horse is on the wrong team. The horse is flapping his arms. They think he's asking for some form of forgiveness. They kick him in the tallywhacker. They all knee him in the throat. Turns out it's Cutler. So who, who they wait, had taped up quite. It's like then who's in the the Stay Puft Marshmallow Man costume? And of course it's, it's, it's Hangman. Hangman swings. It's a no DQ. Of course. With Dude, all the mess that happened. Him in that big old suit, like, rising up behind him. He's got this, like, angry face. And he's just this big, big suit. It's so funny. It's, the whole thing was perfect. Perfect ode to Halloween. Just Hangman, a blast. Hangman gets the move. They get the win. We cut credits with the next champion, we all hope. We're hoping. Standing in the ring with his buddies. He's reunited with people that can back him up if things get wonky over the next month. Things are going to get wonky over the next month. We wind up. The one thing that's going to spin out of this is we're going to get a Cole Silver match next week. Cole is really good at selling, and Silver's really good at throwing people. It's going to be great. Cole is literally like I didn't. I never thought about it because he talked dream match, dream match, dream match. They put those two on a screen together, and I said, "Oh my god, Cole being undersized fits so well with Silver." Because he'll just be, Silver will manhandle him. And Cole can roll around and get all mad and stomp and then kick body parts, figure it out, kick ribs, kick knee, stomp on a foot. You know, do all the little things that, that even it up till eventually he gets it done. Exactly. You know what I mean? This is going to be good. It's going to be great. You know, I can almost do the match in my head because I've seen so many Cole matches over the I've years. I've seen a lot of Silver matches. Yeah. yeah, I, yeah. I, I see the spots. I, I see it all. Yeah, it's going to be great. I, I agree. Moving on to Rampage. One of the better matches we've seen lately, Daniel uh, Brian Danielson versus Eddie Kingston. Amazing. Within Amazing. within four minutes, Danielson's chest is beat red. I could not believe the chops, Danielson the, the be- smacks that Eddie was laying down on Danielson. I could not believe it. 
there right now there are a handful of wrestlers that I think could be the best in the world. And Brian Danielson. Brian Danielson is there. Absolutely. He probably is getting to tell the stories in the way he wants a little more right now than he used to. And that is really neat because there's a little variant in his matches. All his matches are different and they showcase the strengths of his opponents, which is I think which wonderful. is which has always been a trait. Absolutely. But here that trait gets to go for two more minutes, four more minutes. You know what I mean? He gets to squeeze a little bit more out of it. Right, right. And it's 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 a wonderful thing. I like this match. He he goaded Eddie into making mistakes. Eddie is part of is was like a big part of it because he wanted that fired up Eddie so he could have a hard hitting match. Mm-hmm. But he started goading Eddie into making larger and larger mistakes until he could eventually get him in the uh, triangle. Right. I love the Eddie uh, thumb to the eye poke. That's counter. hilarious. I that was good. It. Eddie saves his wrestling moves, which he does have in the arsenal, till he needs them every now and then. So it winds up being really good. And then, of course, you have eventually he gets caught through anger. He gets choked out along with elbows to the top of the head. He shoots Daniel Bryan a bird on the way to sleep, or Bryan Danielson a bird on the way to sleep. He passes out. Loved it. And we'll just follow this through because refuses to handshake with Daniel Bryan. He winds up walking to the back. And as Punk is trying to be interviewed by Tony Schiavone, he starts screaming, why did they stop the match? Which is hilarious because he was asleep. <laughs> he, was, he was completely passed out. And Punk's like, bro, you, he's like, bro, you were out. <laughs> yeah. And so Punk kind of laughs and he's like, what are you laughing at? And then he gets mad. And this is what I love is we're uniting Mox and Eddie in the keepers of the gate. Right. We're uniting them because who did he just lose to? One of the newcomers. Who's next for him? Punk. Right? Then who'll be next for Mox on both occasions? Right? Yeah. See, it, it works perfectly. And you can continue to do this as, as the two guys that we've fallen in love with begin to turn or try to turn us against these new guys that we've always loved and are glad have come over. It really works out well. I think they're doing a great job of telling this story. Then we move to another story we've been telling as Leo Rush is trying to separate Dante Martin and Matt Seidel. What a fantastic match. Commentary was spot on as as Starks is sitting there kind of not really belittling but smugly discussing the different fantastic moves of Dante. He's like, I've done that in the pool four times. (laughs) Ricky's so money, dude. He really is. Dante Martin, like there, are, and Jericho pointed it out, but he does things you've never seen before. And like he was standing beside the rope, and Seidel was running at him, and so he just puts one foot on the bottom rope and springboards like it's a trampoline over a, a running Seidel to get away from him. Quick, neat, nothing, something you've never seen before. Awesome. Right, I just had a blast watching it. Gets the freaking win here. It's wonderful. Seidel is really banging out matches right now with whoever he gets in the ring with, which, again, you need these guys in your company, right? Seidel's at a point in his career he's not going to win your titles, but he can make everybody around him look that much better. And so this was great here. I assume that Leo Rush will wind up in a match with Seidel. That'll be great, too, right? Oh, for sure. Leo Rush is such such a great wrestler. He is, and we haven't got to see it yet. I like the fact that they're kind of keeping it away from us a little bit. I wouldn't mind Leo wrestling in spurts. Yeah, I think, yeah. He's so good, but... He doesn't have to be 
out there every week. No, because he's such a good talker anyway. Let him be that guy, and then when somebody really wants a piece, he can get involved, right? Oh, yeah. I kind of like that. Finishing out the week of wrestling for AEW is a Abaddon versus Britt Baker match, where if she were to win, she becomes number one. If Abaddon were to win, she becomes number one contender. She is a demon of some sort. Mark Henry tries to do an interview and ask her what her approach will be to this match, and she spits up blood. And then as Britt Baker is just doing her promo about being the hardcore legend, she, uh, Abaddon disappears. Mark Henry completely no-sells it and moves on. <laughs> no-sells it without no-selling it, though. Yes. Right? And, of course, Britt, wondering where on earth she disappeared to, they go out there, they have themselves a hardcore match. As Taz p- put it, the table was the toughest thing in the room. <laughs> Good lord. When it didn't break the second, I thought the first time was bad, but when it did not break the second time, I was like, wait. Dude, I've seen, sometimes, because the female wrestler isn't as heavy. Yeah. Like, I've seen matches where Charlotte was trying to put Sasha through a table. Oh my god. (laughs) Girl, she's not going to go through the table. She's like 90 pounds soaking wet. She's like, wham, wham, You're just killing her, bro. You need to gimmick those tables something fierce, or you need to just yeah do a different spot. Yeah, that ain't gonna do it. You know what I mean? You're not gonna, you know, and it, it, it but it's just kind of you see it and you're like, oh. And I thought, like you said though, poor Kyrie. The oh god, Kyrie saying that one. Becky, she was not. She wasn't gonna go through the table anyways. Becky saved her life. Good God. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we'll move on to this though. One thing you pointed out, though, is the one move they did to initially hit the tables, because of the way they did that suplex thing, their their rear ends, the heaviest part of their bodies, was on the ends of the table that have legs. So there was no way to break it in the middle. Like, they no, needed to they, hit they, it at a completely yeah, different their angle. their head and shoulders, well, the lightest part of their bodies, absolutely not their center of gravity, was hitting in the middle where it needed to break. So it was like, yeah, like the, the weight of their bodies was pretty much perfectly on the legs of the table. Right. It was the most structurally sound way to land <laughs> on the table. And to save the table. Yes. Yes, to save, yeah. And then again, you know, Abaddon's not that great big. Great weight distribution, you know? Abaddon's not that big, so trying to suplex her into a table is going to be a little tough, too. Yeah, but it's not, not huge either. Right. But it, it but it did work to set up a little bit of comedy in the middle of it, and then you, when they get into the ring and she goes for the tax. I like how Stark said that it was a, hopefully, no, Jericho said hopefully it's just a small snake. <laughs> and then, then he said, what did the other guy said? Maybe it's just like a lug nuts. <laughs> Taz. But then of course it winds, and then Stark throws in spiders, which I was like, oh no. It is tax. They wind up rolling around on tax for a minute. She shoves the tax in Abaddon's mouth. And then she decides she's going to go for the finish where she puts her hand in the mouth. And then when Abaddon like opens her mouth, like, please, I would love to chew on you. She's like, yeah, <laughs> put your fingers in my mouth. I won't bite you. <laughs> and so then, of course, she, she, you know, Britt declines and then she gets her hand chewed on and Hagar saves her by jumping in and then. Rebels on the on the dressed as zombies, by the way. Rebel is on the apron, and we get Abaddon run over and start chewing on her face, and we wind up with the roll up for the quick win, and the champ gets out of there. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed my wrestling AEW week. I feel like we have progressed the storylines as we get Hang Hangman and Omega will pick up speed as we get closer to full gear. 
Cody and Andrade are next week. I assume that they're all going to stay in the Cody-verse for a little while. I hope this turns out well. I don't know. It's it's just, with, with these three guys involved, I'm, I'm certain it'll at least be, we'll get some great matches out of it. Hater versus Anna J. you said you're looking forward to? I'm really looking forward to that one. I think Hater is great. I think Anna J. could be great. I kind of hope Hater wins. I think Bunny and Red Velvet may have a better match than people think. Bunny has had so. some really good matches lately. Allie's a good wrestler. Yeah. Allie, people kind of forget about that because she doesn't. She doesn't wrestle a lot for, for like a myriad of reasons. Yeah, but she's a good wrestler. And Red Velvet's really good. Yes, but Red Velvet's coming. Like Red, you can see, like Red Velvet have have has all the things that made uh, Sasha Banks great. Yes, it's the connective tissue. Right. Like, yeah, that's that's like that seems to be the the biggest hurdle for wrestlers when they're like really starting to get into it. They know how to do all the moves. Pacing and going in between those, flowing in between right. those is the difficult part. And that's just something you have to do. It's why as great as Brian Dan uh, as great as Daniel You had to write the first I'm time. So confused. As great as Brian <laughs> Daniels Daniel too. It's terrible. As great as he is, he's getting better. How is he getting better? Because he's it's the connective tissue. It's it's the same thing with Christian, right? Better. Christian's always been great, but there are certain things he can only do once a week now. It doesn't matter because he knows how to make everything else matter. It's it's amazing how these guys get past their physical primes and it, it really emphasizes how the storytelling is the most important thing, not the moveset. Yes, I agree. It's why you it's why it's, it's just it's why Ric Flair was great. Yes. He didn't do a whole lot of stuff. What he, no. did, what he did well was he sold well for his competitor. He played the fool. He hung in there for a while. He was good at playing the fool. He was also good at taking punishment, which gives the baby face, even when the baby face loses. I remember he was talking one time about how they were doing a multiple man match, and it was Ole and Arn and him versus, I don't know, a bunch of baby faces. And Rick said, okay, what we're going to do, we're going to go out here, we're going to get beat up for 25 minutes. It's a house show. And, you know, we'll cheat, boom, get out of there, go to the bar. Ole's like, well, we need to get, we need to get our heat on those guys. We need to, you know, we need to get some punches in and all that. And, and, and Rick's like, for what? He said, we're doing a house show. We're the bad guys and we're going over. That's all we need. Let They're the baby the faces. The for them to, for the fans to want to see the baby faces again, the story has to be that they kicked our ass all night. But we cheated and won. There is there, yeah, absolutely. And so then they're going to come back because they want us to get our comeuppance, and they get to keep their heroes because the heroes didn't get beat up by us. They got out foxed or whatever. It's the stories. It's the stories. Okay, you had a good week. Absolutely, I had great, great handful of weeks. What a good, good time for wrestling. <sighs> it is. It's really a great time to be a wrestling fan if you Honestly. like Bell to Bell. Yes, and I will say this too: AEW has a a uniquely great group of talkers you know what i mean like oh, their promo guys are really good right now mox will go out there and just cut the best promo i've heard miro goes out there and he has this promo that is just phenomenal he had another great promo recently where he's talking about if god won't give it to him he will force god to acknowledge him which is so dope so good. so Thank great miro. miro is giving some of his best work well, not deep, so. he is absolutely he, this is absolutely his best his work, best right, work. Right. punk has been a little handcuffed by being a nice guy at some point, that won't be happening anymore. You can you can feel it on the Daniel Bryan hasn't done a lot of stick work, but when he decides to do the stick work, it's going to be great because he's oh, as yeah. good as there is at it. Oh. Um, and then there's Cody. 
Okay, for my man Jared, for me, KP, this has been a Go Home Heat production, copyright 2021. Check out our friends at the Game Project. Check out our friends at your one-stop shop for all things pro wrestling, the Daily Smart app on your phone, and go home.